0: Would you stand with me, please? I have one verse I want to read to you found in the book of John 19. And verse number two, John 19 and verse two. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. I want to teach you something. I'm simply going to entitle the Purple Queen. The Purple Queen. God bless you. You may be seated. I remember several years ago before they went out of business, I was filling out a credit card application at Hudson's. The young, obviously unmarried woman asked me, what? Sir, what is your wife's occupation? I told her, she's the mother of my children. She made a monumental blunder in my opinion when she simply said, oh, then she's a non-working mother. I began to laugh. I asked her, do you know what an oxymoron is, my dear? She said, no. I said, it's when you join words that don't belong together. Words like jumbo shrimp, uh, airline cuisine, metal woods, military intelligence. (laughs) I told her, ma'am, there is no such thing as a non-working mother. What I wanted to tell her is why that word ended in moron. But I stayed silent on that one. (laughs) We all know we are living in a very fast paced world. I wonder what happened to all this time that these time saving devices I have accumulated were supposed to save me. If they did save me time, I think I probably just filled the void with something else. So we're all living very quickly. It's a very expensive world now. It is the norm and not the exception for mothers to work. I want to honor every mother in this place here today because you all work. I would like to address specifically many of you moms in this place and online who work either part-time or full-time jobs and you still come home to a stove that's cold unless you turn it on or clothes that are going to remain in the basket unless you put them in the washer and the dryer and you fold them and then you put them where they belong after they're folded. The beds that still have to be made, the dishes that will not wash themselves, the floors that will stay unvacuumed, and the myriad of other duties that moms do, the slumped shoulders that will need to be hugged, the band-aids that will need to be wrapped around fingers, and that most needy of all critters in your house called a husband (laughs) that will never run out of things he needs you to do. The book of Exodus describes something known as the breastplate. The senior pastor in the Old Testament was known as the high priest. He wore seven specific things. One of them was a breastplate, a metal shield that he wore on his chest. And on that breastplate were 12 precious stones and each one of these stones represented one of the 12 tribes of Israel. The last stone on the third row is something known as amethyst. Amethyst is an amazing purple gemstone that is second only to diamond in hardness and in value. It's revered for centuries for what many people believe are mystical properties. I wanted you to see this thing behind me. I want you to get a mental model of just the brilliance of this purple. Because I wanna teach you today about a woman named Lydia, a woman who didn't just wear purple, she made it. She was in many ways the queen of purple in her world. Paul was on a missionary journey and he ended up in a place called Lystra. When him and Silas, Luke first entered Lystra, they worshiped Paul and Silas as gods. But before they left town, the men of that city became so enraged at his preaching They stoned him and if he didn't die, they left him for dead. He crawled out from under that rock pile and the next day walked 18 miles to the next town called Derby. Now I understand why Paul had a doctor by the name of Luke with him everywhere he went because he had a lot of scars and he had a lot of injuries. They established the work at Derby and to the relief of his companions, Paul said, it's time to go back home. They weren't far from a port at Derby. They could have easily found a ship and gone east to Jerusalem and gone back home in just a matter of days. But to the chagrin and almost the horror of his companions, he said, we're going to retrace our
1: steps
0: (laughs) and we're gonna strengthen the churches we've already established on this missions trip on our way back home, which meant the first place they're gonna have to go back to is Lystra, the very place where he had been horribly stoned and left for dead. It's a fascinating verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 22, or 12 and 2 rather. Paul years later said, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knows. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. He would later go on to say, I saw things that I'm not allowed to tell you about. I personally believe that's Lystra. I I am convinced that if you could backtrack Paul's diary 14 years before he was writing this thing to Corinthians, that's when he was stoned in Lystra, swooning in and out of consciousness, didn't know if he was in the body or out of it. I think that's when they they stoned him. John was in Patmos, on Patmos, he said. But even though he was on Patmos, he was in paradise. John said, I was on Patmos for my testimony. But then he went on to say, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Paul had a very similar experience. See, everybody wants paradise, but nobody wants the Patmos that has to precede your paradise. And everybody wants the revelation, but nobody wants the rocks. It's a wonderful addendum to this story. It's found in Acts 16 and verse one. He came to Derby and Lystra and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus the son of a certain woman which was a jewess and believed but his father was a greek you see if paul wouldn't have gone back to lystra he would have there would never have been any mention in the bible of this amazing protege by the name of timothy Amen. timothy was a young man with dual citizenship he was a guy that had two passports And to his amazement, when he saw Paul come back into Lystra, knowing that was the guy that they stoned, and seeing him have the courage to come back to Lystra, Timothy said, that's the guy I wanna be, my pastor. A guy that's not afraid. A guy that's willing to stand up for what he was convinced was right. He was leaving Lystra, on his way to a place called Troas. And this is what it says. And they passing by Messiah came down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And after that he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. A man in Macedonia saying, would you come over here? And so with Troas in his rear view mirror, Paul makes his way to Philippi in Macedonia. This is a very unique place because This is the first efforts into Europe. And it says on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither and a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened that she attended under the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized and her household, she besought us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. The vision was of a man, but when Paul went down to the river His first contact was not a man, but rather a woman. He heard there was going to be a prayer meeting, and I like this. It said, prayers were want to be made. I like that. It reminds me of Mondays at First Church. We come because we want to make prayers. I wish I had time, but I'll give you the cliff notes. Prayers are not just prayed. Prayers are made where you don't just walk around here and say hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. But you discipline your mind and then your mouth to form words, phrases, requests, praises, petitions. What are you doing? I'm making prayers making prayers. And when he went to where those prayers were going to be made, there were no men, a group of women. And he started sharing the gospel with this woman by the name of Lydia. The word is very precise. She is a seller of purple. Translation, she's a working mother purple, amethyst and what a gem she turned out to be. I laugh when I hear women referred to as the weaker vessel. (laughs) Years ago, they asked Lucille Ball, what is it like to have a baby? And she told the man, I'll just grab your lip and pull it all the way over your head. Maybe you'll understand what that feels like. I don't know about you, but I oversee a girl's house, a girl's home every week. There are no weaker vessels at Hoffman Hacienda. Mother, Renee, Ashley, there's not a weak one in the bunch. You see, God used a woman by the name of Hagar. He used the physically imperfect Leah, obviously rejected for not being as pretty as her younger sister, Rachel. Not only did the Lord use a worshiping Mary, but don't forget, he also used a working Martha. I don't have time to tell you about the Shulamite shepherdess or the Shunamite mother, the courageous Deborah, the prophesying Huldah, dancing Miriam or Philip's four unnamed prophesying daughters, all used by God, all with remarkable courage and strength, If I had time, I would teach you about Jephthah's daughter who dancing through the city, magnified her father's victory, having no idea what her worship was going to cost her. Or I could teach you about the five daughters of Zelophedat who like me, all of his boys were girls. And when it came time to parcel out the land in Israel, his five daughters came to Moses and said, our father has no sons, but my sisters and I want an inheritance. We want some land just like the men are getting. Did you ever think of the courage of those women who came early on that fateful Sunday morning to finish embalming the body of Jesus, the outcast who had been crucified just three days prior. So it doesn't surprise me when I read the Bible and Jesus chose to reveal himself first, not to Peter, with his kingdom keys clanking on his belt, nor to the sons of thunder, James and John, because the first people to his tomb that Sunday morning were not frightened disciples, but a brave knot of women who refused to be intimidated by the press and the current climate of the crowd. When God chose to bring the gospel to Europe through his apostle to the Gentiles, Paul did not first find his man of Macedonia, but rather found a former slave girl who had won her freedom and now had worked to build a very successful business of making and selling purple material. God handpicked the very first convert in all of Europe, a slave girl who is now forever linked with the color of royalty. I commend every woman in this room today who knows the value of work, not only in the home, but many of you outside as well. Because in the region where Lydia lived was a very specific snail, which at the time was the only source of the color purple. Purple. It took thousands of these little critters to make a teaspoon of that distinctive blue violet dye for which the region was famous. Unlike cheaper dyes, Tyrian purple was color fast. It wouldn't fade. It was famous because no matter how many times you washed the garment, it would not lose its brilliant color. Only aristocrats and royalty, kings and queens, could afford Lydia's purple. Because a pound of wool dyed with Lydia's purple cost 1,000 denarii, which was three years' wages for the common man. Just one pound. But it took three pounds of wool to make a cloak. Almost 10 years of labor for most people. The work was tedious, it was smelly, it was sloppy, it was time consuming. In other words, this woman was very familiar with work. But there she was at a prayer meeting. This was a woman with a family and a business to run. But she knew the value of taking one day a week to worship her God. When Peter was released from prison by an angel who had to kick him because he was sleeping, (laughs) let him out of the inner prison and he knocked on the door. The Bible said it was a Roman girl by the name of Rhoda who answered the door. She went back to tell the praying church, the pastor's on the porch and they said, it's his angel, sweetheart. It can't possibly be him. We couldn't possibly get an answer to prayer that fast. I did a lot of homework on this. She's a slave girl. Roman law did not require her to participate in the religion of her masters, but Rhoda's at a prayer meeting because she understood the value of prayer as Lydia did. This is not a woman that doesn't know God. It's very clear in Acts 16, she had an experience with God, but she was hungry for more. Wow. And watch what it goes on to say. And when she was baptized and her household, the Greek word for household is oikos. It doesn't mean your blood family. It means everybody in your circle of influence. <laughs> When it talks about the jailer and his house were baptized. It's the same thing with Lydia and her household. This woman, when she was the bell sheep, when she was baptized, all of these people who had confidence in her followed her example. And This woman was a giver because she looks at Paul and says, why don't you get Silas and Timothy and your doctor friend and wants not you come move into my house? And this is where Paul set up shop to preach the gospel to Macedonia. I have always believed, I can't prove this, but I've always believed that the man in the vision was the jailer. But the truth is, Paul would have never met his man until he first met this woman. The first convert in Europe, a seller of purple by the name of Lydia. Do you understand the gravity and the enormity of what I've just said to you? Have you ever heard of Notre Dame? It was destroyed in a fire in 2019. I checked yesterday. To date, they have spent $985 million rebuilding Notre Dame because all of Paris and the rest of the world identifies that city with two things, the Eiffel Tower and that church. Have you ever heard of Westminster Abbey? It's the most famous church in London. Greg and Carrie will tell you They've been to the cathedral at Cologne in Germany. Have you ever heard of the largest church in the world? La Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, Spain. They've been working on it for 142 years. It still isn't done. I'm telling you, that none of these great cathedrals, none of these great churches would have ever been built if it wasn't for the first church in Europe that was spawned and birthed in Lydia's house. (laughs) Paul would later say, moreover brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. He is years later congratulating the churches in Macedonia, Philippi and Thyatira for their generosity. It is why when you read the book of Philippians 10 specific times, he says this one word, rejoice. 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 Ten different times he used it. Why? Because the church in Macedonia had found the joy in giving. (laughs) I went out on what some called thin ice six weeks ago. I told you we were believing for $300,000 for our first imagined offering of the second year. I had some texts that warned me not to be so brazen. The enemy attacked me. But as of last week, our first offering for Imagine in the second year has exceeded $410,000. 35 years ago, I preached in this church and I was given the offering for that day in a brown paper sack. I took it home and spilled it on the bed. It was $84.15. I still remember looking at it knowing we're gonna need a whole lot more than that just to pay the bills. I still remember my prayer that day. Oh God. I'm asking for two things. I want givers and forgivers. I am so proud to pastor a church that has found the joy of giving. Praise God. Thank God for women that know how to work who know how to balance what's going in and what's going on in that home and what's going on outside. Most of all, I'm so grateful for moms that know how to find God. Who can find a virtuous woman. The Bible said her price is far above rubies. You want to know what costs more than rubies? Amethyst. Purple. There's no doubt in my mind that Paul told her the crucifixion story. Lydia, they beat him. They put a crown of thorns on his head and they put on him a purple robe. I've done my homework on this. I see Lydia going through the Rolodex of her mind. with her sails in Palestine. I bet that was one of my robes. Because with the scarcity of these snails and how it was limited to that geographical area, it's highly probable that the purple robe that they put on Jesus had come from Lydia's looms and Lydia's warehouse. I went down to see mother last week. She was laughing. Ashley was just here telling me how much she loved me. She said, when I got up and I went into the living room, there was all of her dirty clothes on my couch. (laughs) I was about to jump on that bandwagon about how lazy Ashley was until I looked over at the dining room table and there were three of my church freshly ironed, hung up there. My wife doesn't do shirts. My mom said, my boy's never taken his shirts to the laundromat. And for 40 years, I have preached with starch collars and beautiful shirts from my mom. My point is obvious. I'm telling you that the Lydia's of this world have clothed many of the Lord's ambassadors through the years. I found a story of Michael McGrett, 12 years old, 1989, snorkeling in the pond in his backyard. <laughs> his mom was in the second story of the house watching her boy snorkel and to her horror, saw a massive alligator swimming towards her boy. She ran out of that house did everything she could to get the attention of her neighbors, but she failed. And by the time she had got to the pond, a 12-foot alligator had her boy's head and chest in his mouth and was taking him out into the deep to drown him. Michael's mother grabbed him by the right leg and just pulled with everything she had. She pulled so hard she not only dislocated his right leg from his hip, she broke his right leg. But she succeeded in pulling her boy's head out of the gator's mouth. The next day, animal control shot him. and He was 12 feet, six inches long. That's a big alligator. Three months later, he went down to the pond with one of his pals and Boys being boys, he said, let me see your scars. And he pulled up his shirt to show him those ragged dents in his chest from the spikes of that gator's teeth that had his head and his chest in his mouth. And then Michael went down and pulled up his right pant leg and showed his pal all of the scars on his legs. And he said, I thought, you only had scars on your chest from the gator. He said, those are not from the gator, that's my mom who stuck her fingernails in my leg and wouldn't let me go. And not only do I have scars from an alligator, I got scars from a loving mom that pulled me right out of that dude's mouth. <laughs> Am I preaching to somebody here today that was as blessed as I was to have a praying mom? Bible said some people, you just pull them right out of the pit. I'm preaching to some people here and on that live stream, your mom may be gone. You think you'll never have a chance to please her again, but you're wrong. And I'll tell you why. Because when you study Luke chapter 15, there's two verses, Luke 15 and seven and Luke 15 and 10. One verse says, when a sinner repents, angels rejoice. But there's another verse that says, when a sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. And if your mom just happens to be in that place called heaven, and you make a turn towards the Lord, there's gonna be a roar throughout the heavens. And she's gonna find out, that was my boy that just did that. That was my girl that just did that you still have the chance to put a smile on your mom's face, even though she's gone. If you'd be willing to serve the Lord with all your heart from this day forward. And I'll tell you something else. When you meet your mom in heaven, you're not gonna say, mom, I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry I did that. You know why? Because she's not gonna have any idea about what you're talking about. Because when she got there, the Bible said, and the Lord himself, going to wipe away every tear. The Bible said in Corinthians, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. I'm telling you, the God that we serve has the ability to forget who you were. And not only does he have the ability to forget you who you were, he has the ability to let others forget who you were. You're even going to forget who you were all you're gonna be able to say is, Thou art worthy, O Lord. <laughs> to see glory and honor and power and might and wisdom and riches forever and ever. Stand with me. Stand with me. Come with me around an altar. Thank God for every month. Thank God for every month. <laughs> Thank God for every purple queen. In Jesus' name. You're here. You think you don't matter, but you're wrong. I'm telling you, God's using you. You have the ability to be a powerful weapon in his hands. Hallelujah. Last week was just another week of serving. A great prayer meeting. Wonderful life groups on Wednesday and Thursday. My mom was the preacher for the youth service Friday night. I dropped her off here with her thumbed Bible and her notes. All day Saturday, all the preparation that went on as John mentioned for Mother's Day, for the shower, for the concert last night, which was over the top. Pray for Draylon. He's got 10 more churches to sing in before the tour is over. But look at this week already because Draylen's leaving tomorrow night after prayer. To go sing all over this country. <laughs> I get to preach on Wednesday for Nathan Hayes because he's under cancer treatment. John and Talisha are going to Muskegon this week, Sunday, to preach and minister, and they're gonna have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> we got a whole group of men going Saturday and Friday back to Gaylord to do what is probably a hundred thousand dollars worth of work on a church that hadn't had to pay a dime. I'm so proud of you. It's what we do, man. It's what we do. It's what we do. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise! Praise Clap your hands, all ye people. And shout unto God with the voice of Christ.
1: It's your breath in our lungs so we pour out